Welcome, uh, welcome in. It is December already, December 1st, 2022. My name is Jonathan Rogers. I am the host of your Most Illegal Fantasy Football podcast. And I am here with the stunning, megawatt smile possessing Seth Odom. My dog, what is going on? What's up, everybody? It's so good to be back on full tummies um, from Thanksgiving break. Um, so full of joy, full of cheer as December rolls in the the holiday season where we get to make much of presents and Christmas lights. But man, thankful for Jesus this month. Oh, hot dog. Man, the start of Advent was last week. Adventus from the Roman tradition of welcoming Caesars back from battle to to admonish their successes. Um, it's going to be a great month. I'm excited. Not the least of which contains perhaps the crowning of our new champion in this league. So I'm sure everyone saw the ticking clock on the <laughs> matchups page. That gives you the exact number of seconds until the playoffs start. So no need to stress though. No need to stress. Uh, there's still at least two games to make up all of the losses that you've likely had over the course of the year. Um, but Seth, I, more important than this crappy football thing that we're a part of, how about the World Cup? Are you? I, I don't know if we talked about this last. I kind of realized we never talked about this. Are you a soccer guy, Seth? I am a uh, soccer guy when it's convenient. So when there's mm. like, so I'm like 98% of the United States. <laughs> You're a soccer fan every four years. I love it. That's, every, that's great. Yeah. Every four years or when I'm in, invited to go uh, watch a match. Um, mm. you know, like I, I, I don't mind sitting there and, and watching. Um, I, I have to, I, again, like it's fine. Um, but Tuttle didn't even have soccer fields. Um, and so <laughs> you were, you were allowed to play football or baseball or basketball. And so, um, that's kind of where I fit in. And so having never kicked a ball before, um, it was just never, never really an option. So never took much interest in it. I, actually learned everything that I know about soccer by playing FIFA. And I played my first FIFA was 2009, 2008, 2008, 2009. And I didn't, I was so cheap. I had no money because I was in middle school. I just played the free beta. And when you download the free beta, you can play with two teams. It was either Manchester United or Chelsea. And basically I was just like, well, Manchester United is really good in this game. So they're my favorite team now because I only had two choices and I've been a Manchester United fan since then. But uh, of course, um, they've never been as good as they were during that video game. And since that time, it's just been a sad and depressing feat to be a Man U fan. It's kind of like being a Dallas Cowboys fan, but um, they spend way more money and are less good somehow. So uh, it, that that aside, though, watching the World Cup, I've I've probably seen at least five minutes, five to ten minutes of every match, including the ones that started at 4 a.m., I've loved it. It just inject the World Cup into my veins. It is, it's culture, it's sports, it's just so exciting. I mean, like this, it's basically like you have four Super Bowls a day and then you have a knockout round where you're basically trying to have a Super Bowl every weekend until someone is crowned the Super Bowl champion of Super Bowls. I mean, it's, there's really nothing quite like it. And I, I've just, I've fallen in love with it, but for those of you that don't know, we actually have a member of our league going to Qatar. Andreas is there right now as we speak. He'll be at the, I think it's the Spain-Japan match on Thursday. So if you're watching that, you can look out for your boy on, on TV. But man, uh, enough about the football. We can talk about the football 
Uh, we got a, uh, I say this every week, but I really do mean it this week, a quick and dirty one, a really quick and dirty one. We're going to cover the transactions, um, one that I'm mad about and another one that I'm also mad about. So I, I, I hope that we can still be friends after all of this. Yeah. Is there uh, any other like emotion to have when it, when you're involved in a trade, when you're not involved in a trade and you just watch it happen? It's just like rage if, and rage and FOMO. I th- yeah. Two options. Only two options. It, oh, we'll, we'll get into it. I gotta, I gotta save it. I gotta save it. Um, but after we get through the trades, we'll go through the matchups that kind of dictate the narrative trails that we'll follow for the rest of the regular season. And Seth, in two weeks, a little teaser for all of our avid weekly listeners, we'll be going through our playoff primer because at the time the next podcast is released, the match will, or the playoff bracket will be set and we'll be dissecting each game. Uh, we will be just in so enraged by all those suckers that managed to grab the bye week. And, uh, and we will be, I mean, we'll be in the hunt crowning a champion who maybe it's Jacob who can't lose, but maybe he loses and we were wrong and it's someone else. So, um, we'll, we'll get into that here in a second. Uh, and then of course, per usual, we'll end with our, uh, updated power rankings, uh, which have proven to be startlingly accurate uh, over the course of the season. I say, so, First up to the transactions, uh, we'll talk about an actual trade before we talk about a highway robbery slash free Christmas present. It's still up in the air, but the first transaction to get into, Seth, this one was with you. Uh, you and Braden did a deal about a week ago now, maybe a little bit less than a week ago. Uh, Braden got in this transaction, uh, Alan Robinson, George Kittle, and Michael Carter. And I'm sure everyone listening is like, oh my gosh, two mediocre assets and a top maybe 15 tight end he probably got seth probably got a second round pick for all those guys no you would be wrong seth ended up walking away with likely the 112 alvin Kamara, a top 10 running back the rest of the season and dawson knox uh seth you're you're here and brayden's not here so so kind of walk us through what was the what was the trade discussion like on this one oh I, I, brayden's had Kamara up on the trade block for weeks and so i i lobbed up different stuff out there just trying to see what he would would be willing to have a conversation about um and like i threw out there deshaun watson and debo samuel but then getting camara in like one of the good picks back Mm -hmm. um and he he wasn't interested in that um and so then i just kind of slowly worked it to all right what what do you what are you interested in here? And um for me, so I paid for a first rounder for George Kittle last year. And so just asset management, I didn't know what a first rounder was worth. And I don't know that Kittle was worth that, but um he is a top six tight end um in a good offense. Um he's just not in like an offensive juggernaut. So and he is the third best weapon for San Francisco and the first third best San Franciscan on my, on my team. Uh, San Francisco, so, baby. Yep. So I was, I was trying to get off him or Debo. And so I, I t- tried Debo. It was, eh, he wavered. And so throughout Kittle and um, really it was Kittle Carter and Allen Robinson who at the time for like, it looks a lot worse now, but Allen Robinson was, this was coming off of uh, Cooper cup 
being injured, being out for the mm. rest of the season. It's like mm-hmm. he may have he may have six weeks left. Like the Rams are a dumpster fire, but like eh, he got paid fifteen million dollars and we preached uh, at the beginning of the year, follow the money, and he got paid. It's been tough, but maybe. Um, Kittle is good. He's solid. And then Michael Carter, you, what we you would think is walking into again another one, uh, a number one guy for the last six weeks of the season, six weeks of the season, and who knows how fast uh, Brees Hall will have be dealing with his ACL injury. Will it mm-hmm. be like Travis Etienne, or will it be like J.K. Dobbins? You know, right? Like, just with injury wise, and so it's just like these are Kittle is the best asset, and these other two guys are middle of the road, and so. Um, I was going to ask for Camara, and you got to start with the first round pick. Um, so I started with my own first round pick. Oh, um, gotcha. and I was like, hey, you got to. And then he countered with, uh, oh, who's uh, someone second that would have been like, uh, 204, 206, something like that. Maybe it was his own. So 205, 206. Um, and then I was like, split it in the middle. What about 112? Because you know Jacob will be 111, 112 with the bye. Um, and let, let's count it good. And he he relented. Um, I got what exactly what I asked for. Um, two weeks later, it's a little rough because uh, who knows? Carter has been injured both weeks. Alan Robinson is out for the season. And I, on George Kittle, um, you can be con- – I would have been confident – if McCaffrey was still on another team, but I just, I thought my upside was capped and yeah. with fantasy, you just have to trust the upside. And I, I got my one game where, where they scored 60 points combined two weeks ago. Mm. I, that wasn't going to happen again. So I, I needed to, I needed to get off of that Kittle high where he scored 22 points, try to maximize his value. And then maybe get that piece that might blow up for 30 points. And that's Camara. He's going to score six or 30. And Again, you hate it, but when you're on that RB back end, RB1, RB2 range, that's the hand you're dealt. Um, so do I love having Kamara? No. Did I give up much to get him? Definitely not. No, I, I totally agree. I think you I think you played it perfectly. And I, I jest mostly in the frustrations that I've exhibited uh, because you're right. It is a bit of a hindsight analysis to come up and say, oh, you traded two broken guys and George Kittle for Alvin Kamara in a first. Like at the time, you're right. Like Allen Robinson was supposed to be the Rams wide receiver one. And Michael Carter was stepping into a great role, especially now with Zach Wilson getting benched and uh, Mike White stepping up. I mean, Mike White is known to check down to the running back. So there was, I mean, a clear line therefore uh, those two players to definitely elevate themselves rest of the season um my 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 issue with that is from Braden's position this doesn't make him better next or this doesn't make him better next year his he's, he's named his team kind of like a car wreck so it's, it would appear that he has declared his season to be done so I'm not sure why he's trading for what will next year likely be a backup running back and the wide receiver two or three on a fine Rams offense. So that was kind of my piece from brain's perspective is like, okay, why are you making yourself better for the next six weeks when next year you're going to be in a worse position um, after getting rid of Camara? And the other reason is I've been hunting Camara for weeks because Alvin Camara has 
perhaps the best, if not one of the top three playoff schedules for running backs. Um, after his bye week in week 14, he comes back and plays defenses that just love to give it up to the running back. So yeah, he's been hit or miss all season, but he is set up to just smash all through the it, fantasy playoffs. And normally you're hurting on a week 14 bye week because you are like a heavy bye week. I, I think I have three guys out week 14, but mm-hmm. honestly, knowing that I'm set in the playoffs because of my points, uh, points for having a, a week for that guys like Kamara to get fresh. Yeah. Like that, that may be the thing that gets me, um, gets me that bump. And so, um, do, would I trade Kamara today? Yes. Um, because <laughs> I, I, he sketches me out and I, I, the Saints sketch me out, <laughs> but I, when I traded three first round picks for Jonathan Taylor, I, I put through my hat in the, you're sending it boy uh, <laughs> ring. And um, it has not gone according to plan, but I'm giving myself a shot. And that's no, absolutely. all it takes. I, I would say you're giving yourself more than just a shot. I'd say you're setting yourself up to really succeed. Um, Cause kind of like what you said, the way that you've reconstructed your roster Kamara getting traded to the 49ers was obviously not on your radar at the beginning of the year. That was not on anyone's radar. So you did not know you were walking into the San Francisco triple stack. Um, I I would say that you definitely have some hole at tight end now. Um, Dawson Knox is not who he was two years ago when he scored 11 touchdowns or whatever crazy outlier season that was. But he's a stack with your quarterback, which means that if he does happen to go off on one of the weeks, you're going to reap the benefits of that. So And and that's why he was more than a throw. He was a throw-in, but for my team specifically, yeah, he was more than a throw-in because, like you said, at, he it may be a fourteen a fourteen point game, but you, if Dawson Knox is catching two touchdowns, that means Diggs also gonna have eighty yards, and you know, like yeah, Allen's putting up the points if Dawson Knox is scoring. Yeah, no, ex- exactly, and um, no, I, and I I totally agree. I think that makes a lot of sense, and overall. I don't really fault Braden for a bad trade. That is hindsight. I just, I wonder, and the, the other piece that it, and I'll, I'll pull back the curtain also on this. I sent Braden a trade offer probably about five days before y'all's trade went through. And and here was my trade. My trade was Braden would get Brian Robinson, who blew up last week, Wandale Robinson, who yes, has hurt for the rest of the year, but will be back and is a young, I mean, currently the wide receiver one, two in New York. Um, Kyron Williams, who is shaping up to be the running back two, running back one for Sean McVay. And I'd send him a second round pick, which is probably the 210. I mean, two oh, probably 208 now based off of the fact that I lost the bye, but whatever. But in, in return, I would get Kamara and the 101. And I know the 101 is probably a heavy ask there because that's, that is super valuable, but I never got a counter. I mean, I'm, a, I'm offended. Like I, I would have expected him to be like, how about the, how about a second round pick? Cause those four rookie, those four rookies would really be better for Braden next year than they would be this year. And if that's kind of what his team is shaping up for, but I, I well, digress. Hey, just to let you know, like I had, when I asked those trades earlier and I had thought I had better assets with Deshaun Watson and Debo and I asked for Corey's pick, which was 101 to 103 range at that time, there was also not a response. So it's reasonable that that is the one that's untouchable. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. 101's I, not for sale. I get it. I, I understand. Yeah. So I, that's fine. Congrats. I hope it, I hope, um, man, I hope Alan Robinson and Michael Carter have value going forward for Braden and for you, Seth. Um, 
I really hope Kamara doesn't go for a Christmas Day 2018 four or seven touchdowns again. That's going to be really inconvenient for whoever has to play you on that day. But great move. I I do think that that's brilliant. The next trade I want to get into this uh this kind of produced a kerfuffle in the league. I think the technical term is a kerfuffle. Um, so in this trade, Matt through multiple transactions acquired 80 fab in exchange for Alexander Madison and the 2023 204, likely the 204. Uh, he turned that 80 fab into Jordan Love. I don't know if that's supposed to be a good thing or a bad thing. And I'll, I'll be really quick here, Seth. And I I hate this trade. I, I'm, a, I'm kind of disappointed that it even went through because if you saw the my comment in the in the chat was kind of sus because it seemed like someone was cheating but then Matt jumps in and defends the trade and very quickly I'm like oh no no this was just really bad this was just silly what makes the trade the worst though aside from the fact that Matt sends away a second and the handcuff for the guy that's getting the player for 80 fab is that Matt overpays two times in a span of about 48 hours. He miscalculates the value of 80 fab to someone who's going into the championship with a super deep bench, completely un in need of any players. And beyond that, no one on the waiver wire is worth a second round pick or Alexander Madison. Like, he doesn't actually need to trade like either one of those assets would get you 80 fab from any, anybody in the league. I mean, it doesn't even have to be Jacob. And then going into waiver day, he's got his heart set on Jordan love. And like, to some degree, I'm like, dude, you know what? Like go get your man. Like I get it. But then he goes and drops 101 fab when no one else in the league has more than 95 fab. So he didn't, he already overspends on that side. He could have saved five fab. He overspends. And then the next highest bidder was you Seth, at 45. So he could have actually done it for 46 fab. And I mean, of course it's hindsight analysis, but like no one was clamoring to get Jordan love who based off of interviews yesterday and today, isn't even going to start on Sunday. Cause Aaron Rodgers is saying he's good to go. I mean, I was just, what was the most befuddling to me is the overpay for the fab and then the overpay for the player for the fab. I, and maybe this is hindsight analysis and like he really wanted this guy, but I'm just beside myself. I never thought I would see a world where someone traded for fab dollars. It just, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm speechless. Uh, especially in a dynasty league, especially in a dynasty league in week 13, um fab is the most valuable week one like last year in the normal league elijah mitchell elijah mitchell went off he wouldn't have been on rosters in a redraft league and you spend 80 dollars, and he's your stud all year like that's cool or a tight end um say like a darren waller the year he broke out he went from mm -hmm. no one to tight end two like that's how someone who you spend 80 100 fab for and you have your a stud he's a he's a, a game changer um i I saw the value in Jordan Love less so about over the next five weeks, but being like Aaron Rodgers doesn't look like he wants to play football, especially not in Green Bay. They're going to have to have put, put someone out there next year. But even then, I was like, I'm putting money out there for a, a third-string quarterback. I'm not going to use this $45 because there's no one of value. So maybe just throw him on the back end of my roster and let him sit. 
Um, and so knowing that I was the only person, other person that put in a, uh, like a claim on him, like if Matt was like, Hey, like I'll give, would you want to trade him for any player on my team? I probably would have been like, okay, <laughs> literally any player. I, I, I don't know that I w- would have picked, um, anyone. Of- I, like I, I'm trying to think, I think I would give, I think, I think a 2025 third might be worth 80 fab right now maybe 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 Maybe. and so i i think the i mean no one's ever made a move like this i think just the lesson would be don't the preemptive nature of this move was not necessary like he he could have waited and then if if say i get him and he's like hey i really wanted him i'll give you this you would have got much it would have cost so much less yeah um, and so it was just it was just kind of a little miscalculation and my, my i have two questions why in the world did matt go to jacob he could have made this deal with any of the other 10 people he could have <laughs> like he could have handed a gift to any of the other people with losing records instead he went to the guy in first place with Dalvin Cook, it was like, hey, can I please give you this player and pick number 16? <laughs> and that's the other piece, too, is I, I, I don't remember if we talked about this, Seth, but, like, this quarterback class is pretty good. Like, there's a chance that the pick 14 next year, the 204 or whatever, ends up being, like, Will Levis or that Stroud kid from Ohio State. I mean, like, guys that could potentially start before Jordan Love starts. I mean, like, there's just – or or even for context, like, I drafted with the 205 that I traded into. I drafted Brian Robinson, who is a starting running back <laughs> this year, like, dropping 20 points on people. Like, Rashad White was drafted at the 203 last year. I mean, there are guys that have pretty substantial value to rosters that are there in the early second round. And so, um, man, I was just, well, it was just so funny. And I also, I feel bad for Matt because I think when he saw the react, he was not expecting the reaction that he got from the league. Like he was probably expecting like the trade goes through and like he goes and gets Jordan love. And it's like someone bid a hundred and he bid 101 because he got that extra fab and he's a genius. But the fact that everyone was like, Hey Jacob, why'd you give Matt 10 bucks outside of the league to get your handcuff for the playoffs? Like that was what was actually determined from the league. So that was, I, I just found that I found that quite humorous, but yeah. Also Jacob, do you feel guilty? <laughs> <laughs> he probably should i think so i think he should feel guilty he should also and i matt i i want to say this is a bad move um because like you had turned the ship like you had made the right tank moves and this one just didn't fall in line with like where you were headed like you you gave up a, a tank asset which is a pick <laughs> yeah and, and Madison, so, like, who could be the starter for Minnesota. He could be or, the starter next year, or he's a free agent. He could be the starter anywhere next anyone year. Anyone else. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. And he already has a good quarterback. Like, he has Justin Fields. And I know he's hurt right now, but we've just seen Justin Fields be the most electric quarterback since Lamar Jackson in 2018. Like, why go has, out and spend all of these assets to get a backup quarterback? Jordan Love is, like, at his, like, supernova 
is Justin Fields yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> like Justin Fields before Justin Fields broke out. Like Jordan Love like maybe gets to like Kirk Cousins. Like that's the that's the dream. It's like someone who runs for four touchdowns a year and breaks 4000 yards in his top season. Like it yeah, no I we we love you. We're so happy you're here. But dude, like come on. That is just anyway, brutal. Okay, well, enough with lamenting. And also, the the problem with this is that I'm very jealous because, Seth, you get good, and currently we're slated to play each other in the first week of the playoffs, so I do not want to play Alvin Kamara after he's after when he goes Super Kamario on me. And number two, Jacob, who's the front runner to win the championship, just absolutely locks up one of his running back spots, even if Dalvin Cook, one of the most injury-prone running backs in the league, gets hurt. So I think so much of my rage and frustration with all of this is just, like, very selfish. Like, it's very much like, this hurts me, and I wasn't involved in making myself better. So, er, I'm so angry. So I'll get over it, though. I, I, I think it's bah humbug. Isn't that the the, se- the seasonal word? <laughs> It's the technical seasonal term. Yeah, I, I think officially once you hit December, just anger is reclassified as bug. Yeah, I think that that's right. I think that that's right. Oh, man. Well, speaking of, I mean, we've we've been alluding to it. Speaking of all of the, the nonsense that has been going down, we are getting to the business end of this season. And because of our special r- rule of whoever scores the most gets into that sixth spot, no one's out of the blue yet. I mean, everyone, I think everyone in the league has over a thousand points scored. And currently Brennan is our sixth spot with a thousand one hundred. So it's not like this is an insurmountable obstacle to overcome over two weeks if Brennan has a couple of bad weeks back to back. So um I, Seth, I want to kind of hit a couple of the big themes um that we can see through the rest of the year. Um, first up, over the past couple of weeks. I posted this in the chat, but the king is dead. Long live the king. I have been dethroned from my recently reclaimed number one in the league spot. Um, Andreas, on the heels of two quite impressive performances, beats me and JD back to back. But despite these incredible performances, and by the way, I talked to Andreas. We we were at Thanksgiving together um, for, for family reasons, and... The dude comes up to me and was like, oh, man, yeah, I don't even think I've checked my sleeper app in, like, two weeks. I'm like, bro, like, there is nothing worse. I mean, it's bad to lose, but there is nothing worse than losing to someone who doesn't really care that much. I mean, like, that's brutal. Um, so I he won't even hear this. I think this podcast is, uh, I mean, prohibited and disallowed and illegal in Qatar anyway, so he probably won't catch this feed. But anyway, that's really frustrating. But all that to say, Andreas is on this nuclear run. And it's still only in second place. Jacob, <laughs> over the past couple of weeks, has doubled up most of the opponents that he's faced. And yeah, he like had a slight chink in the armor last week, but he still won by 30. I mean, the dude just does not seem to be able to lose. So it all comes down to this week. I mean, Seth, these two guys play each other this weekend. Do you have any expectations on what this matchup might look like? I mean... Really, this matchup decides the buy in the Ethereum division. Yeah, I think that even though uh, Andreas's teams have gone off, it's been on the back of some like explosions that you wouldn't expect. Like Josh Jacob was putting on a fifty piece. That hurt. Um, like that, that. Yeah, like that. Those things don't happen, and and so I really just think the the Mahomes Kelsey stack. <laughs> I'm, I, it's 
it's indefensible. Like every not only fantasy wise, but the other teams know. <laughs> The Chiefs don't have anyone else to give the ball to. They're they've thrown out, I think, eight different running backs, <laughs> all of whom were probably undrafted. And they just got and they just picked up Melvin Gordon on their practice squad. Yeah, it's just what what and still, they, Mahomes gets the ball to Kelsey and Kelsey gets in the end zone. It's it's remarkable. And so, I think Jacob um, wins the week. Would not be shocked if Andreas does because he has those nuclear guys. Um, but, um, man, as long as that stacks healthy, I, I don't see a, a way, uh, for Jacob's team to, to really be out of it. No, I, I totally agree. And I, I will be completely honest. I am cheering for Andreas so hard this weekend because if he manages to upset Jacob and I, I would consider it an upset at this point in the season, if he manages to upset Jacob, that's my only hope of sneaking back into the buy. And it would just be on me winning out him winning and me managing to score six or seven more points than him the rest of the season. So I'm hoping for that, not expecting it. Uh, unfortunately, I agree. Jacob's roster is just poised to explode. And then if you look at Andreas's, like the matchups that his individual assets are actually up against. Yes, Josh Jacob is going up against the Chargers who have a notoriously horrible run defense. You're right, Seth. There's just no way he drops another 50 burger. That just, that, that won't happen. And on top of that, Mike uh, Evans, who is, Typically, elite and an incredible wide receiver. He's had a couple of rough weeks this year, but you know for a fact he will absolutely bomb against the Saints because Marshawn Lattimore just locks him down. So you can basically pencil in a 2.3 for Mike Evans in the wide receiver spot, which basically tanks Andreas's projections. And I, um, so I, I just think there's no way that Andreas. He's had a couple of great weeks, and his team, I think, does have still one of the highest ceilings in the league. But Jacob's team is just too solid, front to back. Um, and especially now that he's locked up Dalvin Cook, he is poised to make just a pretty much walk-through-the-park playoff run, um, especially given the the injuries that the rest of the league has gone through. Um, the next up, the next little narrative thread to walk through is the JD and Seth battle for the bye week in the Bitcoin division. Um JD continues to get scored on in buckets. The poor guy. He whoever he plays against seems to have the best week of their season every single week that he plays against them. And he's still incredible record. And if you go look at it, the points scored against him, you you kind of feel bad. Like I really do quite feel feel bad for him, honestly. Um he split the last two games with a win and a loss. Um, but Seth, I I, I don't know if you know this. You're on quite the meteoric rise. I think you have five in a row. Is that right? Three, just three. Oh my gosh! Still though, you've gone from being barely five hundred to seven and five, one game outside of the buy contention. Yeah. Do you think I, you have a chance thing. to reclaim it? I don't. I <laughs> I missed it last week. It was whenever. Uh, oh, what? Who played out of their mind versus JD? JD week twelve. Yeah, Nick. Nick. And he he had an entire half, and he just needed. Um, Aaron Jones, he get five points, um, and 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 it would have it would have done it because this was the game. It would have nodded our records, and then we would have been able to have a run for it. But even we have two weeks left. Um, JD plays Corey this week, um, which would be an upset of the century, and then he plays Braden the next week, which may be the upset of the millennium. Uh, and so, I would have. I would have needed a miracle as is, but he's not going to go 
one and one. Actually, he can't. He's not going to go zero and two, which is what I would need to eclipse him points wise. And so, it's no longer a race. Um, I I had to run for it for about a half, uh, and then the uh, actually let's just blame it all on Jordan Love today. Jordan Love let me down. Yeah, that scumbag. What the heck? He's the worst. I can't believe anyone would ever want him on their roster, especially not even to trade an Alexander Madison in a second round pick. That'd be ridiculous. Um. The last playoff spot, though, this is going to be a fun one to watch. And we usually had last year, we had about three or four teams in contention for the last playoff spot. And so Brennan is currently the holder of that spot. And he's got 1,100 points, 1,101 to be exact. But Tanner Boyd, with a better roster than Brennan, or better, I'm sorry, not a better roster. Well, maybe a better roster. Definitely a better record than Brennan. He's got 1067. So even though Tanner has a better record, we we go on points four. That's the that's the sixth spot, that wild card spot. Do you think Tanner has a chance to eclipse Brennan over the last two weeks? I think Tanner's best chance is for uh for him to go two and oh and for me to lose one. Um <laughs> uh, and and so he would jump me in the standings he would be nine and five and i would be eight and six and then that would make me in the sixth spot you know interesting Uh, i i think that is his that's his best guarantee um now does his team does his team have the juice to outscore brennan by 30 his team does but what it takes is an a 40 point game from the eagles um where he gets three touchdowns between uh, Devontae Smith and AJ Brown, which is hard because that Eagles ground game is just so solid. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I honestly think it might be tough for him to be plus 35 over the next two weeks, but for me to lose one and for him to lose two or for him to win two, it's, it's going to be, he plays Matt this week, which Winnable, Equal definitely winnable. Equal, definitely winnable, and then he plays you week fourteen, which be a bummer. <laughs> I, I mean, you never know. You, uh, your team is your team is nice, but you know, you never know the matchups. You, you, there's always a chance. There's always oh a yeah, chance. always. No, I I totally agree, and I I think I mean. If Andreas doesn't beat Jacob this week, my chance of getting the bye is it's pretty irrelevant. And so at that point, I'm just trying to posture and find a way of not being matched up against you for that first round of the playoffs. Um, no, I, I think that's great. And for the, I mean, just for context, um, Nick is a dark horse in this. If we talk about Tanner being able to possibly circumvent uh, Brennan over the next couple of weeks, scoring, I think outscoring him by 30 or 40 points. Nick is only like 11 points behind Tanner. So if there is a time for Nick to kind of shoot up these next couple of weeks, outscore everybody kind of in a surprise way. I mean, he is definitely someone that not out of the race by any chance, even though his record is, is definitely questionable. But all that I know is that the two guys that I have their first round picks for are potentially playoff bound. And that's heartbreaking to me. So, Seth, let's we can run through these power rankings pretty quickly. I have uh, I've made a couple of changes, but really um, most of them are, are are the same. So starting at the top for me, I still have Jacob number one. Again, I don't know if this man loses the rest of the year. The Chiefs stack, 
Tyreek Hill has been blowing up this year. It, it just, it doesn't seem likely. Um, and on top of that, I mean, like he's not starting this week. He has Christian Watson on his roster who has decided to be elite now. So I, there's just, there's really a lot of ways for him to beat whoever he's playing against. And I, I don't love that. Um, number two, I have Andreas. Um, he's bumped up a couple of spots and it's just, I mean, it's ceiling. Like, yeah, you're right, Seth, that it's been on the back of some fluky performances the past couple of weeks, but Josh Jacobs has had some fluky performances apparently several times this year. So it's really tough to just chalk it up to variance. And also Lamar has been pretty questionable the past couple of weeks. And we know what he's capable of based off the first couple of weeks of the season. So I, I wouldn't count him out. Um, I have you number three, Seth, and especially after this Camara move, my goodness, it, you are poised for a take or a playoff run that will be uh, extremely dangerous. I bumped or JD extremely down. disappointing, or well, extremely disappointing. Like, <laughs> like you, there, there's always two sides of the coin, and I'm gonna throw. I don't. I've told you, but I don't know that anyone else has heard the statistic. So I, I had the most points week one. We're now through week twelve. Only one other time this year have I re- <laughs> only one time have I exceeded my projection. It, so uh, you I, know that's just that's just a sleeper algorithm problem. I wouldn't worry about that too much. I understand this. <laughs> I understand this. It is there's no guarantees, but you would think one for one for twelve. That hurts. That and is so, sad. It, yeah, maybe that's me just crying myself to sleep every night. So, but I, I, I appreciate your kindness. I also appreciate you just trying to continue to um, be in first place most of the year and just still slide yourself in here at fifth place. Hey, anyway, hey, we're, we're we're getting there. We're getting there, and I'll explain. I'll explain why. Uh, JD, I did drop down though, just for context, a couple of spots. The dude is dealing with a real case of the injury bug. I mean, losing Pitts, losing Cup, losing running backs and wide receivers, Mooney going out for the year. I mean, it's a good thing he has Ramondre Stevens, and that's all I'm going to say. Um, I do have myself at number five, unmoved, and it is because I lost. I mean, come on. I'm not supposed to move myself up after I lose. And your boy is starting Mike White this week. And yes, I'm locked into that. I've I've contemplated. I've run the numbers. I will not start Russell Wilson this week. I'm not starting Russell Wilson or Cortland Sutton this week, unless Jamar Chase is injured, actually. So uh, my my brand is ruined. I am I'm I'm going to sob myself to sleep. I don't know how I'm going to face my wife really and tell her about all the hard-earned money that I've put on Cortland Sutton to win the league or score the most touchdowns uh, from the wide receiver position this year. But we'll, we'll be brave and, and we'll just put on a brave face. I mean, you, Seth, you, you were so nice. You sent this text. You're like, hey, J-Rod, you and I, we're not so different. Like, we have very similar rosters. And I was like, dude, shut up. I'm starting Brian Robinson, the backup running back for Tampa Bay, and a rando off the street that decided to put on a Broncos helmet as my three running backs this week. Anyway, I have Brennan at six. He'll make the playoffs. I hope Tanner can shock the world, but it seems Brennan's going to make him. Uh, I have Brennan at six, Tanner at seven. Matt, I I bumped him up in my rankings. I Really, there was no reason other than Justin Fields is just really good, and Drake London is going to be really good once Atlanta finally gets a, run, a quarterback in there. So, um, Surprisingly, though, I actually have Corey at nine. I like his roster. I really do. I mean, DeAndre Swift, 
some of the guys that he has run out there, yeah, he's made some questionable moves, but I I do like his roster, especially more than um, Mitch, Nick, and Braden. Mitch, I, I, it's, it's very confusing to me why he is not doing better because Jalen Waddell is incredible. Zeke has had a really great run the last couple of weeks. Montgomery, Monty could actually have a crazy end of the season. I'm not going to lie. The Bears have some great running back matchups as well going into the playoffs. And if Justin Fields is going to be hurt for a couple more weeks, they're going to need him. Um, So I have Matt at 8, Corey at 9, Mitch at 10. Nick down at 11. I I actually like his roster a lot more than I've looked at it too, Um, especially seeing him blow up for 119 or whatever it was this week. Like it, It just goes to show that even though his lineup is old, it definitely still has ceiling. Um. And then I did move Braden down uh, to the basement in 12 spot um, just after getting rid of Kamara. And I, I do also want to mention this, Seth. I it really when I was making the trade for Kamara, it did it wasn't lost on me that he probably won't play next year, or at least will miss a portion of the season because of all of the uh, assault allegations and clear evidence that he did in fact assault someone in Las Vegas. So um, was that an impact in your in your trade talks? By the way, I don't even know if we talked about that. No, I literally i I made this move for three weeks, <laughs> and, so, and so like you said, i i am I am just trying to send it for three weeks and then get out the door. Whatever happens after that, I might look like the Rams next year. You know, that's that's pickless, true. <laughs> pickless a quarterback with um and uh, a bunch of running backs who may be washed, but. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll have that Super Bowl ring. That's and that's all we want at the end of the day. And that's all we're shooting for. Oh man! All right, what's what you got? So uh, Jacob, I mentioned the the stacks on stacks with that the Mahomes Kelsey like that. Um, that is how you build a ceiling and a floor. Um, I don't know mm-hmm. that Jacob's been under a hundred points um, in a decade, um, <laughs> and so he. And that's as much as ceilings matter. Uh, I, and, and I think he's going to get that by. I, I just like where he's standing. And then Jonathan, you're, I haven't moved you. You're still number two. That's because insane. You're as, drunk. No, no. Here's, here's the thing. Unless you have you, the top, uh, Deontay Foreman has, or Foreman has 25 rushes. Any, every single game he plays. And f- for whatever reason, the Panthers are still, playing games <laughs> and so we're trying yes, you you don't have the the camara the guy who's going to have 10 catches and three touchdowns maybe not but you have three of the five best receivers three of the five best receivers uh your, your running backs, backs can can fill those gaps and with with the upside of those receivers they're each 25 plus points per game guys um, not even on an outrageous week. They're easy, 150 and two touchdowns um, in a blink. And so I still think you're there. And the dark horse, and I, I was talking with my my roommate today, is that Mark Andrews, he's just been so quiet. Like, you, you forget that he's a thing because, mm-hmm. man, the Ravens have, have just been winning ugly. Like, he's going to have a game in the next month um, that are going to make you remember, like, now he's in that same – he may not be on Kelsey's level, but he's there. Uh, I think Andreas' team is just is missing one guy. So like last week he played Elijah Mitchell, who's now hurt. This he he did change his roster or his lineup, and he has uh, Slayton for the Giants in there. Um, and so it's just like 
he's one guy away from being team number one. But that mm. eighth guy, like he he doesn't have like a a B level guy that you slide in there that you're feeling. Oh, he might have like Slayton's a a wide receiver forty, you know, like and that's um, that's not a guarantee, and that's that's a reality of. Um, these fancy games, but with the rosters of these top five, mm-hmm. especially like one guy who there's is lacking, um, that may be the difference. And so I, I still think that one weak spot has him at three. Um, JD keeps winning. He's still ahead of me. He still scores more points than me, no matter who he plays, no matter who's on his roster. So he's, he's still <laughs> ahead of me, but I think a, I should be better on paper. On paper, I should be better, but he scores more points and he wins every week, and so he's going to get the nod until that changes. Um, but we are really close, but I do think the two of us are in a tier below um, you three. And then I still have Tanner above Brennan. If if you started 0-0, zero, zero, I'm picking Tanner's team to score more points over the next two weeks. The 30 points may be, may be insurmountable, but um, give me A.J. Brown. Give me um, Joey Buckets. Um, hey, what he may, he may give it a run. Uh, yeah. And then uh, it's the Justin Fields bump. Matt, mm-hmm. you would for sure be down there, but Justin Fields is a walking 30. And if he <laughs> plays, you're, you're in this range. If he doesn't play, you are bumped down three or four spots. Um, Nick, I have – your team is the most confusing to me and i think it's because <laughs> i forgot deandre hopkins existed and and once he came back he really changed the dynamics and upsides of your team and so i i bumped up nick um to nine um and then mitch your team's solid it's just man it's it's hard to get you need an extra special week to get all those guys going you play me this week so no, I played Brennan. I'm kidding. You, you already had a chance at me. Um, and then Braden, then Corey to finish. Um, Corey, is, he's just won two games. Even though I think his roster is better than that, it's two. And so he has to be at the bottom, and then Braden's um, right above him. Um, and so I, I think it is kind of lining out to – even though there's so much variance week by week, it's pretty close to how the rosters line up. You know, no, if, I agree. If you, yeah. If you send it to a blind judge and they said, "All right, rank these teams," I, I think our records would be pretty close. The order they would point put them in. No, I I totally agree, and I mean even more so than the records, the points scored I think would be really telling. And I really, I mean, if you think about it, there's only one difference between where I mean where Brennan versus Tanner would slot in. And really, Brandon has had those games where, I mean, Austin Eckler goes for 30 or 40 points, and that kind of explains it. But that is what would give me the nod that Brennan's team is kind of better. I mean, ETN, Eckler, you get guys like um, Keenan Allen who's coming back, and the Chargers have a great playoff schedule. So, I mean, Brennan has a chance to step in and, and really utilize a lot of these last few weeks um, if if he's able to, to kind of capitalize on that. But, no, I, I totally agree. I, I think that the, the last few weeks of the season will be quite telling. Um, a reminder, if you didn't already know, if the, if the bright yellow text on your app didn't remind you, this is your trade deadline. If you are listening to this podcast before the weekend, if your player hasn't played, this is the last time you can trade them. 
if a player has played already, like they played in Thursday night, they were one of, they were a Bills or a, a Patriot. You can't get them anymore. It's gone. They're locked until I can't remember if it's after the real Super Bowl or after our championship game, but they're stuck for a while. So if you want to make a last minute push, if you are a team that does not look like they're going to make the playoffs and you want to get some draft picks from some of the teams that are like, now's your time to make a trade, not a loan, not a loan, but a, tr a trade. I, I don't know if we need to talk about that, but a, we're, we're here for trades, not for loans. That's, that's a different, that's soccer. If you want to play European soccer, we can definitely talk about that. Um, I'm sure that they have some fantasy formats as well, but uh, Seth, you got any, you got any closing, any closing terms for the rest of the season? Man, I, I just want to say that it's a joy to to play with you guys. And as as fun as it is to get riled up and to watch, like it I would not watch NFL football if it wasn't for fantasy football. And I wouldn't be near as invested if it wasn't for kind of the rivalry, the camaraderie that our league brings. And so like regardless of how the league turns out and regardless of how disappointed I am when my team uh, falls apart again, uh I it's still a joy, um, and and I enjoy getting to do it with you guys. Ah, oh, so true. Stated so beautifully. I mean, it's only one person can win the championship a year, so that's what makes it so special. So thank you, everyone, for listening to another Quick and Dirty 54-Minute Podcast. Have a great weekend. We'll see you when it's playoff time.